0: Welcome to the revolution. Hello, and welcome to Red pill revolution. My name is Austin Adams and thank you very much for listening today. We are going to touch on a lot of different topics today starting with the former, former, I say former because of this news, WNBA player Brittany Grimer losing her appeal and will actually serve nine years in a Russian penal colony. I guess that's nickname for jail, which really sucks. We're going to segue from that right into Joe Biden's marijuana pardons that occurred federally, uh, which basically did nothing as we will come to find out. We're also going to talk about Russian military warned the world that Ukraine was in the final stages of creating and detonating a dirty bomb that would spread nuclear radiation across Europe. And that will also segue into the UN Security Council holding a closed door briefing and meeting about that situation. And then we will also discuss New York Supreme Court reinstating all of the federal employees for being unvaccinated and even orders back pay. So you'll find out how much that was. It's quite a bit of money. So if you were in New York and you were a federal employee, you might be decently happy right now if you stuck to your guns and this should be your payback. And then lastly, I am going to touch on proposal three in the state of Michigan. This radical proposal it brings up so many different things that are going to affect our children um, all in the, you know, uh, guys, the Trojan horse that they say about Roe v. Wade. So we will discuss that as well. But before we get started, if you could go ahead and hit that subscribe button, if you're not already subscribed, I'd appreciate it so much if you could also leave a five-star review. Recently, we've had some people come on, and without even listening to the show, I'm fairly confident they've never listened to the show, saying a a couple uh, negative things about the conversations we've had around the trans ideology, which if you listen to the show, you would know that I'm very empathetic to the community and the individual. I more so speak to the people in positions of power who are pushing this ideology and taking advantage of those people. So if you could leave a review, um, hit that five-star review button. It would mean the world to me. It would push down the silliness that is people who never listen to the show and just want to make assumptions based off of the title or something like that. So if you could leave a five-star review and additionally, please just write something. Writing something pushes those silly little ones down, allows people to see that this is a great conversation that we have every single week, even if it's just Thanks. (laughs) Whatever it is. (laughs) Love the show. Whatever it is. Um, But if you could write something meaningful, that would be incredible. So leave a five-star review. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Head over to redpillrevolution.co. As you found out last week, we have our sub stacks up and running again consistently going ahead and including all of the articles, all of the topic videos. So I break every single topic down to a five to 15 minute video and YouTube clips that I include there. I also include all of the articles that we discuss and a little bit of uh, conversation that I write up and talk about in addition to some of these conversations. So head over to redpillrevolution.co, sign up for the sub stack. It is free. And at the very bottom, if you want to become a paid subscriber, you get absolutely nothing other than the fact that you actually get to support the show. So this takes a lot of my time. I would appreciate it. Head down there and support the show. I believe it's $7 a month or something like that. So um, thank you guys so much. And welcome to the revolution. Welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams. Red Pill Revolution started out with me realizing everything that I knew, everything that I believed, everything I interpret about my life is through the lens of the information I was spoon-fed as a child. Religion, politics, history, conspiracies, Hollywood, medicine, money, food, all of it everything we know was tactfully written to influence your decisions and your view on reality by those in power. Now, I'm on a mission. A mission to retrain and re-educate myself to find the true reality of what is behind that curtain. And I'm taking your ass with me. Welcome to the revolution. All right, let's Go ahead and jump into it. Brittany Griner lost her appeal, appealing the marijuana charges. And this is a WNBA player who will serve now nine years in a Russian penal colony. So this WNBA player tried to bring a vape pen cartridge on a plane to go over and play basketball, was found, was arrested. They even went far as in the U.S. trying to negotiate with a, a famous, infamous, I should say creator of bombs, Russian terrorist, to negotiate out this WNBA player. So uh, that was a conversation at one point, but didn't end up happening in the Russian court. We'll go ahead and read this article, which is coming from Vice News, always beloved Vice. (laughs) And it says a Russian court rejected WNBA star Brittany Griner's appeal for a reduced sentence on Tuesday, which means the all star basketball player will have to serve out her nine year sentence for drug possession and smuggling at a penal colony in Russia unless U.S. leaders negotiate for her freedom, which is what I discussed a little bit earlier. During a virtual in-court appearance, Griner explained her case to the panel of three judges deciding her fate. I was barely over the significant amount uh, the significant amount of cannabis oil. People with more severe crimes have gotten less than what I was given," she said, according to Reuters. I did not intend to do this. In the days leading up to Tuesday's appearance, Greiner expressed through her attorney that she was not too optimistic about the court he- uh, ruling in her favor. It's been a long year for Griner. Her case has taken place against the backdrop of war between Ukraine and Russia and an intense relationship between Russia and the United States. That is quite unfortunate. If you were going to get arrested in Russia, now is probably not the time to do it if you're a U.S. citizen. <laughs> so very unfortunate for Brittany Greiner. I mean, really, you, you have to think that she kind of knew that this is what was going to happen. This is a political pawn right? What is happening here is the the Russia saying, hey, or United States saying, hey, we want that back. And Russia going nana nana boo boo, I have your player, right? So there's a reason this is happening this way. In normal circumstances, I wonder if it would be different. I honestly feel for Brittany Griner, there's no reason anybody should be arrested for marijuana charges. Maybe if you're going to Russia, maybe don't bring it with you. If you know that it's illegal. I mean, that, that's the last place that I want to get arrested, honestly, is a Russian prison. But, you know, that was her choice. So it says, after months of delay, Greiner was sentenced to nine years in August. President Joe Biden has called on Russia to release Greiner, and the, the U.S. Department of State said Greiner is wrongfully detained. Which is hilarious, because, as we will find out in a minute, the ruling and hypocrisy that is going on in the United States about this situation and marijuana charges, which I believe should totally be legal. I absolutely do not think that there's any reason anybody should be in jail for possessing a plant that grows here on this earth, let alone one that does not harm anybody, does not make you go crazy as the reefer madness documentaries would make you believe from the 1960s, 70s, whenever that was created. <laughs> but I, I I think it's really unfortunate. I, I really do feel bad for her. That's a horrible situation to find yourself in, in literally the worst time that you ever could have ran into this situation. So... Mm, I don't know if the answer is going ahead and trading a WNBA player for a infamous Russian terrorist bomb maker. Maybe that's not the move. But I do feel bad for Brittany Griner. And hopefully they figure out something here. I I highly doubt it, though, given the circumstances. Hopefully, in the very least, hopefully it doesn't end up really being nine years because going from, you know, maybe she's 30, mid 20s, 30. Going from that to being 40 is gosh, I just can't imagine what what that would feel like and what your family looks like, what your friendships would look like. I mean, just sitting in a Russian prison cell and the cell that she's sitting in literally looks like the cell that they would put a lion in. That's just like a four by 10 area that you could barely move around in. So I guess it's kind of what all prisons look like, but absolutely nobody should be in jail for marijuana federally, internationally, statewide. And that's what we will find out in our next portion, which is going to be that Biden's marijuana pardons did not free a single person, not one. Now, they made this big show leading up to the the voting that's coming up, the primaries, this big show that's going on here. And this didn't do anything. They knew it wasn't gonna do anything, especially, you know, you kind of should have known that when Kamala Harris seemed excited about letting people out of jail that she put there. I'm pretty sure she put at least 14, it was either 1,400 or 14,000 people away during the time that she was a a judge. So the fact that she was going, oh, it's just such a long time coming. Oh, is it Kamala? Because we know that you were literally the one hitting the gavel on the table, deciding these people's fates when it was up to you. Now that it's not up to you and you're using it as a, again, a political ploy. To help voters maybe get on your side in the time where literally everybody has a problem with this administration, has a problem with their decisions, has a problem with the way that those decisions are affecting their lives. And that's what we're seeing in, and that's what we're going to see when it comes to voting is that the, the middle of the road, people who would normally have voted Democrat may not do so with seeing the unbelievable shift in the way that their lives were affected from the last administration to this administration. And knowing that the effect that these this upcoming vote is going to have on what that looks like moving forward. So this goes on to say that Biden, this is coming from Reason. This is a new publication that I, I would maybe suggest looking into. Reason, free, M- free Minds and Free Markets is what it is. It's Reason.com. Now they had this article that says Biden's marijuana pardons did not free a single federal prisoner or deliver the expungent that he promised at all. Not a single person was released whatsoever. It says a process that the White House called attention to the thousands of federal cannabis offenders who remain incarcerated. Now, what the you have to understand where this actually came from. Biden pardoned people who were in prison, in federal prisons, for possession. But there is no federal laws surrounding possession federally. So, so he literally did nothing at all. Nothing besides play a little show for people that people could get behind. Even, you know, we watched some of the other podcasts that are out there. People sung praise around this. I think it was in the Tulsi Gabbard podcast with Joe Rogan that we listened to a little bit of that they sung the praises of this. They said it's a long time coming. You know, they they, they didn't give it a, a bunch of positive praise, but they were hopeful that this was actually going to do something. And now we know that it didn't didn't do a single thing, didn't let a single person out. And this article goes on to say that Edwin Rubis has served more than two decades of a 40-year 40 40 year federal prison sentence for participating in a marijuana distribution operation. Taking into account good time credit, he is not scheduled to be released until August of 2032? Oh my gosh. Rubis is one of about 3,000 federal prisoners whose cannabis-related sentences were unaffected by Joe Biden's mass pardon for low-level marijuana offenders. A protest at the White House today called attention to their predicament. Biden's October 6th proclamation op- applied only to the U.S. citizens and legal permanent residents convicted of simple marijuana possession under the Controlled Substances Act or the District of Columbia Code, none of whom were still incarcerated. None of them. Although his pardons could benefit as many as 10,000 or so individuals, that represents a tiny percentage of the overall simple possession cases, which typically are charged under state law. And that's the problem. Is possessions always going to generally be under state law, not federal law? The federal prisoners are generally going to be what we just saw was a distribution charge. When it's above a certain amount and you're bringing it across state lines, it's gen- uh, you're not going to have it be a federal sentence. It's going to be a state sentence. So this goes on to say that according to the 2021 report, more than 3,000 individuals We just uh, more than 3000 individuals are currently serving marijuana related sentences in federal prisons. The report estimated that ending federal marijuana prohibition, a step that Biden has steadfastly resisted, could reduce the federal prison population more than twenty eight hundred over five years. This goes on to say your recent executive order, while a great first step, did nothing to address the thousands of federal cannabis prisoners currently incarcerated in federal prison. Sixteen drug policy reform groups noted in an October 10th letter to Biden, while your recent executive order will help many, it will not release a single one of the nearly 2,800 federal cannabis prisoners. Not a single one. 18 states in the District of Columbia have legalized cannabis. There are thousands of Americans who are serving long-term prison sentences, including some life sentences, in federal facilities for conduct involved involving amounts of cannabis that are far less than what dispensaries routinely handle on a daily basis. Wow. And then it starts to list some people that are currently serving sentences for this, I won't go ahead and read this whole thing, but you can catch it in the substack, redpillrevolution.co.com is for losers, and sign up there. It's free. Or you can be a paid subscriber and support, like I said. So I think this is wild. I, I 100% believe that marijuana should be legal, federally, statewide, internationally. Do not think that there's any single reason, if you're going to allow alcohol, which has done far worse things to far more people, far worse things to far more people that marijuana has ever done, will ever do, take a year of deaths, take a year of addiction, take a year of aggressive tendencies in people's households, of social conflicts, of bar fights, you will never, never see that be the result of marijuana. Ever. It's never happened, it's never listed, there's no deaths from marijuana, ever. You might feel groggy in the morning if you take far too much, but if you drink yourself, if you use too much opioids, Oxycontin that's given out like candy by doctors, amphetamines that are handed out like candy to children by doctors. But yet marijuana is illegal for what you want to know why we can go back into the history of this. There was something called, uh, at least to, to my knowledge, this was the biggest push of the reason why there was the paper industry was there was a company that was a paper company in the early 1960s 50s 60s around that time frame and paper was becoming mass distributed at a very wide scale but hemp paper proved to be better quality it proved that it was uh, longer lasting it proved that it would hold up it would hold up better it wouldn't tear as easily it holds the ink better for many many reasons hemp paper was my far better. And it was only until they figured out a machine called the decorticator. The decorticator was a machine used to turn hemp into paper easily. And once the decorticator came out, the paper industry lobbied tons of money and tons of, you know, uh, articles and papers and reefer madness documentaries, trying to get a push saying that, actually, in one of the very first articles that you find about this, it says that it was a, a attempt to push racism and, and combined it with the use of marijuana. It was said something like uh, marijuana causing Mexicans in the United States to rape people. It was like this so outlandish statement that was said in this article. But it was all because the paper industry was very threatened by the hemp industry. So they went out and made the p- entire plant illegal. For a very, very long time. That's when Reefer Madness came out. That's so, f- Before this, it was all legal. There was no issues with it whatsoever. There wasn't a bunch of m- Mexicans raping people as a result of marijuana. It wasn't happening. Now, again, when you go back to alcohol, if we were really concerned about people doing bad things on substances, then you would ban alcohol. You even look at somebody who does heroin, the worst you're going to do is kill yourself. You're not going to harm somebody else. You're going to lay on the street and be homeless and, you know, whatever comes with that. But it's not nearly what you see as the after effects socially, right? I think you should be able to ruin your life. I 100% am under the idea, the libertarian aspect of my ideology is 100% under the belief that you should be absolutely able to ruin your life. And with drugs, you can 100% ruin your life. With heroin, you can ruin your life. And even with marijuana, you can ruin your life. It can, t- for certain people, it's not a good thing. If you, you overuse it throughout your day, you do it every day before you go into work, that's a horrible thing. You shouldn't do that. It's going to make you unproductive. It's going to make you not positive or not not do well in social environments very often, depending on what to what level. But also some people, it heals people. There is far more many, far more many. Wow, <laughs> There is far more positive attributes to, to what can be used with marijuana if it's used properly. If it's used to treat anxiety at at low doses if it's used in ways that allow you to sleep at night there's so many proper uses for it and we're pushing things like tylenol which has far more negative benefits over the counter you can buy it right now unlimited amounts but there is you can actually overdose on tylenol and die you cannot do that on marijuana so there's my little rant on that i do not think at all it should be illegal for anybody, and including almost all drugs. I, I really don't think that drugs should be illegal. I think you should be able to ruin your own life. If you want to do a bunch of heroin and sit in the street all day and not go to work and not build a life for yourself, I think you should be able to. But when it starts to infringe on the rights of other people, that's when the government should step in. That's kind of my idea around legality and in laws. And I took a class about this, and, and one of the questions was, "What what is the purpose of laws? I think the purpose of laws is to almost instill in society the golden rule do unto others as you would want done unto yourself so if there's a if you take a general population you survey 10 people and they go would you like to be robbed would you like to have your life taken from you would you like to insert whatever law whatever action that's aggressive towards other people here and see, would you like this to happen to you? And if you don't want to be killed, if you don't want to be robbed, if that's a general consensus from society that we don't want things done onto us that way, then you should not be afforded the ability to do that onto others. That's what laws are there to prevent. If you are enforcing something upon other people, is how I believe laws should be taken. I don't think speeding should really be a big ticket fine or you should go to jail for speeding. I don't think as long as you are not encroaching on the Liberties of another individual, the government should not have the right to step in to do so, to 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 throw you in jail and lock away the key. I think it's a crazy idea. So when you take that fundamental idea all the way to its end, what, what you understand is that drugs don't infringe on the rights of other people. If you're going to, and even alcohol, I don't think alcohol should be illegal. I think you should be able to drink yourself. And then if you punch somebody in the face as a result of it, you should go to jail for punching somebody in the face. Hmm. I think that's generally. Positive direction. I don't think that you should be going to jail for alcohol. I think DUI is a different thing because the likelihood that you're going to be doing those things and putting other people's lives in jeopardy is 100%. But I think if you are drinking in, in public and you are not infringing on other people in their space, in by their whatever you're doing, you should not be going to jail for it. Absolutely not. OK, so there, there's there's my ideology behind the laws. And when you start to think that through all the way to its end, a lot of things, prostitution becomes legal. You're not doing anything to harm anybody else. Both people are, are agreeing parties, but although that can get you into a separate conversation around sex trafficking being very prevalent in that community. But as long as that's not the case, then there you go. It should be legal. You're not encroaching on anybody's liberties. So let's segue here. I'm not sure the segue, how to, how to properly combine this, but Russia, this, this is a pretty wild thing that just came up is that, and this is a, a probably the biggest conversation that again, is not being had in the U S Russia, basically doing a presentation about how they're building dirty bombs. And they were using materials and images from movies to depict how they were doing this dirty bomb. Like if you ever watched the, the ghost of Kiev, the things like that, the propaganda videos. Yeah. They're pulling like stock photos Of this and trying to show now let's see if they actually were saying that it was real so it says on monday the russian military warned the world that ukraine was in the final stages of creating and detonating a dirty bomb that would spread nuclear radiation across europe according to russia ukraine in the west would then claim the attack was russia detonating a nuclear bomb and attack the allegation is absurd because dirty bombs and explosive attached to chemical radioactive material are theoretical really Says the explosion would cause more damage than any radioactive material, but Russia's claims are made made are more ludicrous by the images it used to sell the theory. Still is from a 2018 Syrian propaganda film, a 2014 training exercise about disposing radioactive material, and photos from 9/11. So, so that was a part of their like slideshow. Is that Russia was showing these silly stock images and videos from movies depicting dirty bombs, which. Unless they were saying that they were from this, like they're pointing to it and saying, We have intelligence that we collected and surveillance that is showing that they're doing these things. But it doesn't mean the information's wrong. It says, According to the information we have, two organizations in Ukraine have specific instructions to create the so called dirty bomb, Kirillov said. The works are at the final stage. The most ludicrous part of Russia's MOD is Dirty Bomb. And this is coming from Vice again. So when you see the ludicrous, this the individual writing this is a nobody, Matthew Galt. He's a journalist. So his he is framing this conversation in a way that they are. what they're trying to do here is they are trying to make it seem as if this is not true simply because of the images and videos that they depicted here, which we're yet to see them say that they were directly from surveillance video that they collected. Hmm says, so to give you, yeah, and here here comes more BS about it. So it goes on to say, Higgins went over some more photos of the Russian presentation, one still from a slide purporting to explain Ukraine's ability to build a dirty bomb seems to show radioactive material in the bag with a drawing of a barrel diagram on the top of it with the words creation of a dirty bomb above it. The photo is from a 2014 training exercise involving nuclear material. Another photo purporting to show the civilian impact of a dirty bomb is just a picture from 9-11. So let's see, again, I don't think anything that they're saying here was that it was intelligence maybe it's a maybe it's an insinuation and that's you know silly and wrong but not something to delegitimize their theory if they have legitimate sources saying that they're in the final phase that two companies were paid and commissioned to build this And the reason that we know that this is something that the international community is taking more serious than some random journalist at Vice is because the UN Security Council holds a closed door meeting with Russia on the dirty bomb allegations against Ukraine. And Russia is saying that Ukraine is going to use this dirty bomb in a false in a false flag operation to say that Russia did it, that they were going to use on like Europe or something. So let's read through this. This is coming from Real News No Bullshit. And it says... In remarks following the closed-door meeting, in in the United Nations Security Council meeting, Russia has officially communicated on the council that they have intelligence that suggests Ukraine is preparing to use a dirty bomb, a claim that Western officials refute. In remarks following the closed-door meeting at the UN, Russia's deputy UN Ambassador Dmitry Polidansky said, We're quite satisfied because we raised the awareness. Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov also reacted to claims from Western nations that accused Russia of fabricating Ukraine's alleged plan to use a dirty bomb, saying, I don't mind people saying that Russia is crying wolf if this doesn't happen, because this is a terrible, terrible disaster that threatens potentially the entire world. Russia says that their intelligence agencies have uncovered a plot by Ukraine to develop a radioactive dirty bomb. Their intelligence agencies claim that the Eastern Mineral Enrichment Plant in the central, some Ukrainian name region, and the Institute of Nuclear Research in Kiev is actual is actively involved in the plot. This all comes as Ukraine has invited the UN nuclear watchdog to inspect two unidentified Ukrainian nuclear sites. Ukrainian Foreign Minister vowed that inspectors would receive full access to the undisclosed sites and called on Russia to demonstrate the same transparency. Interesting. Now, again, what they're saying here is that they're claiming that Ukraine's going to use this dirty bomb against European countries to then say that it was Russia as a false flag. And then cause a nuclear war for the entire world. World War Three, Because the United States has said several times that if a nuclear bomb or something of the like is used, they will respond accordingly. So literally, Ukraine is trying to start a world war. The Third World War. Which could end all of humanity over Russia. I, I, To me... It's been so frustrating to see all the propaganda you even see in that Vice article, the way that that journalist went about framing that conversation is completely diligent. How much much intelligence and surveillance does some random writer at Vice have regarding Ukrainian dirty bombs, top secret documents that were collected and shown to the UN that he's framing in such a specific and confident manner, trying to take away the legitimacy of that when it could literally be the thing. Putin could have just stopped a world war by calling out Ukraine for doing this false flag dirty bomb. 100% could have just stopped it by bringing this to the attention of the UN and doing the proper surveillance on them for doing so. There's nothing, again, and if he's wrong, good. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope it wasn't a part of the plan. 100%. But if he was right, he could have just avoided a nuclear conflict by calling them out for this false flag operation that they intended to do. And again, there, there's nothing right with this war. They shouldn't have been started in the first place. There shouldn't have been people on the border of Russia, and, and they shouldn't have been trying to join NATO or the UN in, in trying to raise the conflict level. There shouldn't have been a coup in 2014 ran by the Obama administration. There shouldn't have been all of these things. But here we find ourselves. And I think the further that we get from nuclear conflict, the better. But we're closer than we ever were in the Cold War right now to a nuclear conflict. And now, as we've seen, it could have just been avoided with this specific incident being called out. So again, I hope he's wrong. Sounds like they have a lot more information than this vice journalist who's trying to frame it as this crazy idea that they would ever do something like that. And maybe there's a reason that they took photos from 9-11 trying to... put a, what is it, a, a subtweet towards the United States about 9-11 and, and you know, when in the same conversation around false flags. Hmm, interesting. Who am I? Just a guy. The next thing we're going to discuss here is going to be that the New York Supreme Court reinstated all federal employees fired for being unvaccinated and even went as far to order $40,000 in back pay for the employees. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you listened to this before, you've, you know that at some point I had an opportunity for a, a position, at a, a very high-level position in a great company with a, a lot of money, but turned it down because I wasn't going to get vaccinated as a result of some large company wanting me to do so for employment. Wasn't going to do it. So here we find ourselves... We knew this was gonna to come to this. We knew that eventually the Supreme Court, the the constitution was going to come into play just the same way that Pfizer wanted 70 years to come out with the data. Just not gonna happen with the way that our constitution is set up, the way that our government is has allegedly checks and balances. I begin to believe less and less in that as time goes on compared to what I was taught in high school. But I think that this is such a good step in the right direction. And I think that it's going to cause a ripple effect I believe the same thing just happened in Washington. Uh, Let me me double check on that. But I'm fairly positive the same situation just happened in Washington. The unvaccinated employees got their employment back. Washington State says it will drop unvaccinated patients. Mm, Yeah, you better. Uh, no. So it was a different, it might've been Washington DC. I don't know. It was a different state, just did the same thing. So as, as these things start to piggyback on each other, as these rulings happen, they tend to have to, they set a standard and that standard legally tends to be applied in more multiple situations because you can point to these things and say, Hey, they decided based on the constitutional rights of the people that you cannot infringe upon my own medical decisions for employment at the federal government. And so hopefully this continues to snowball and continues to bring on other country or other states, other employers that continue to do the same thing, because that's exactly what should happen. If you denied somebody employment or if you fired them as a result of not getting an experimental gene therapy that we knew nothing about, that we know now today was ineffective... That we know now today, as there's a 4% rate of people getting their booster shot, or AKA another gene therapy for the fourth time. There's a 4% rate of people doing it because they see through the bullshit. They know that this did not help anybody. This didn't help anybody. It didn't do anything. All it did was make you sick, potentially, right? You know, all the people that got the COVID shot, got the booster. And then we're sick the next week. It makes no sense why you would do that instead of just letting your body run into it and then fight it naturally. Anyways, you're just putting it into people. What? And that's the actual vaccine, not the gene therapy. Those are two separate things. But when you're putting a live virus into your body, why not just if you're getting the same thing anyways, you're going to build antibodies. And actually, as Dr. Fauci himself said, getting the virus and becoming, you know, having your antibodies pre-built as a result of it is better than actually getting a booster shot. We know that factually. And he said it before he was getting peddled money from pharmaceutical companies to push this vaccination. Goes on to say, and this is coming from Fox News, state Supreme Court found that being vaccinated does not stop the spread of COVID-19. Hmm. It says that the New York State State Supreme Court has reinstated all employees who were fired for not being vaccinated, ordering back pay and saying that their rights had been violated. The court found Monday that being vaccinated does not prevent an individual from contracting or transmitting COVID-19 proven in a court of law. New York City's mayor, Eric Adams, claimed earlier this year that his administration would not rehire employees who had been fired over their vaccination status. New York City alone fired over 1,400 employees for being unvaccinated earlier this year after the city adopted a vaccine mandate under former Mayor Bill de Blasio. Many of those fired were police officers and firefighters. I hope they don't return. I hope they return and then leave after they get their back pay. Actually, I think that's absolutely the best way to go. If you're a that's the biggest F you that you could ever get the state, give the state for firing you in the first place, join them, stay there for a month, take your $40,000 payout and then quit. Go to another state where they wouldn't have done that to you to begin with. All right. It goes on to say that, uh, New York firefighters associated president Andrew de Blasio or Andrew Ansborough and Fed, uh FDNY Uniformed Fire Officers Association president condemned Adams earlier the year after the mayor allowed an exception to the vaccine mandate for athletes and performers, even as firefighters were still being fired over their status. The pair called on the city to expand the exception to all New Yorkers said, we're here to say that the support to, we support the revocation of the vaccine mandate to the mayor announced on Thursday. Now, if I recall correctly, I'm fairly positive that Project Veritas put out a video of the mayor of New York calling people, like he's saying a bunch of names about people uh, who are the federal employees in the vaccine mandates. So let me see if I can find that video and play it for you guys because I think it's really telling the way that he actually went about talking about these things. I'm, I'm fairly positive that this. Was him. Let me go ahead and pull up Project Veritas on Instagram, and I'm fairly positive it was the mayor of the, of New York who was the one in this video being called out for saying these things. But I, I don't want to waste any of your time here. So let's let's go ahead. I'll, if I if I do find it, I'll put it in the substack for you. And even if, if I'm wrong, I'll put that in the substack too. I'll find the video and then we'll discuss it. All right. So the next thing that we're going to talk about here is going to be Proposition Three. So speaking about court mandates. There's a proposal going on in Michigan right now that is actually threatening the children in Michigan with this liberal ideology, extreme ideology. And I don't use that term lightly. This is crazy. Let, I'll read you about it. But from my understanding, I've gotten, I, I've been seeing a ton of things around, you know, proposal three, protect women, right? And it's coming off the backs of the Roe v. Wade decision. They're, they're trying to utilize that platform. To say that what this Prop 3 is doing is it's giving women rights to have an abortion. But it does far more than that. Far, far more than that. And things that are very wrong. So this says that Planned Parenthood, the ACLU, and other pro-abortion activists promoted ballot proposed the Right to Reproductive Freedom Initiative, right? You see how they call these things? It's it's so stupid. The, the Do Not Kill Puppies Law, right? The Right to Reproductive Freedom. R- reproductive... Freedom. Reproduce is the word in there. You're taking the word reproduce and turning it into, it's exactly the opposite. It's You're not reproducing anything. That's not freedom to reproduce. That's freedom to end the production, to end life. But it goes on to say that the RRFI, that if passed, creates a new, unlimited, and unregulated right to abortion at any time during pregnancy... And an, and an additional undefined right to reproductive freedom. This goes on, and this is coming from a Great Lakes Justice Center, which is greatlakesjc.org. It says, The radical proposal is not solely about abortion. Rather, this poorly worded change to our state constitution creates additional new rights and invalidates numerous existing laws protecting women, children, and parents activists falsely claim the amendment, amendment merely places the U.S. Supreme Court ruling in Roe v. Wade back into effect, which you literally is, are not doing that. that. The only thing about Roe v. Wade is that it's just saying we're going to leave it to the states. So if you want to just, if you want to have a, a vote based on whether or not abortion should be legal in Michigan, do that. But what they're doing here is even using that specifically as a trojan horse to allow for right to reproductive freedom for children, which is the way that this is worded has many many negative implications. It says that activists falsely claim the amendment, amendment merely places the U.S. Supreme Court ruling in Roe v. Wade back into effect. Nothing is further from the truth. If passed, the RRFI enshrines in Michigan's Constitution the most extreme abortion law in America, on par with China and North Korea. The expansive, vague, and broad terms used in this new law are not defined. These fundamental new constitutional rights override any conflicting statute. So this would by far, be, if Prop 3 is passed in Michigan, would by far be the most radical decision and ruling when it comes to abortion in the entire United States would allow it to literally any point until born. And in the way that the wording is ruled here, we'll tell you that and we'll read the actual laws here. But it says the proposed amendment to Michigan's constitution will do the following. And this is a bolded list. This is not the actual statute, but we will find it and we'll read that too. It says that it allows a minor child to have an abortion without the knowledge or consent of the child's parent. It says, because of all the encompassing exceptions, the amendment effectively guarantees the right to abortion at any time right up to the moment of birth. Further, it effectively guarantees the right to partial birth abortion and the right to terminate a child's life in the womb at any time based on the child's disability, gender, race, or for any other reason. And then one of them listed was for the patient's health physically or mentally. So if they come in and like, hey, I'm really distressed that I'm about to have a baby, which almost all women are when you're going to have a baby. It's a stressful situation. You're about to birth a child. It's meant to be stressful. It's meant to be something that is a big deal. And big deals cause people to have anxiety, cause people to have stress. And so if you go to your doctor and say, hey, I'm supposed to be due in two days. I don't feel like doing this and it's causing me stress. They can legally abort your child the day before if they wanted to. It goes on to say that it overrides parental rights in directing their child's upbringing and education, especially in the area of sex education. Public schools will now have the legal right to inform children or inform parents about any issue relating to reproductive freedom and sexuality parents will no longer be able to excuse their child from sex education classes because minors will have their own fundamental right to reproductive freedom, separate and distinct from his or her parents. What in the world? There's a reason, like we've talked about the advertising thing before. There's a reason you cannot advertise to children because children are dumb. That's The reason they cannot, their, their brain is not fully developed. They cannot distinctualize between somebody who's trying to take advantage of them and somebody who is trying to do what's right for them. And also your child is literally an extension of self and you, an individual will always have their child's best interest far more than any governmental agency, any corporate agency, any corporation, any group, anything, your child, you are literally fabricated from the time that you have a child to protect that child and to do what's in the best interest of that child. Now, when you can find somebody who is mentally incapable of making right decisions for themselves and then you can take advantage of them for profit, you know, like the $1.3 million that they make by convincing one single child that they're trans and having to do a lifetime of of transitions and medications and surgeries, $1.3 million is what it is. But telling the parents that they no longer have any access to deciding whether or not their child has The right to go to sex education, what they're being taught about it, whether they can actually consent or not is horrifying, horrifying. And at what age? What age do you decide? You're starting to do it at four, five, six kindergarten. You're going to have sex education classes. You're going to have teachers pushing sexual ideology. You're going to have these books explaining sodomy and all of these things that are far, far more advanced when you should be learning it than what you should be learning at kindergarten, first grade, second grade, fifth grade sixth grade, seventh grade, I can go on with what these are it's actually in these books that are in our children's schools. if you go watch the video, there was a, a whole group of families in Dearborn, 500, 600 parents at a parent meeting in Dearborn, Michigan. Dearborn is a very predominant uh, Muslim and uh, Muslim and oh gosh, I'm, I'm uh, Chaldean culture. Some Muslim and Chaldean, two different, I believe, two different religious ideologies, but very fundamentally uh, connected in the in the cultures. And so there was all of these parents, so many parents piled into this room saying, We do not want you teaching our children these things. We have a say in what you are going to push on our children. Right. And then you understand the those communities, they're they're very protective of their children's in in from a religious sense too, what they're being taught about sex and those types of things so rightfully they're sitting in front of the school board saying you're teaching things to our children that go against our religion you have books in our libraries that go against their religion and so they had a massive group of parents all getting extremely extremely irritated with the the school board at the school board meeting saying, you know what, they're not even going to make, we're going to sign a bunch of, a bunch of people are going to sign this petition and we're going to get them out of the school board. Then we are going to take over that school board and make the decisions for what's right for our parents. And that's what you have to do 100% in today's environment is you have to take control of your child's life. You have to be the one who is making these decisions for your child's life. Not, 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 abdicating the responsibility of your child's life to corporations and government entities. That is literally what is going wrong in our world today, is parents have gotten so passive in the roles that they're playing in their child's life when it comes to schools, when it comes to the entertainment that they're taking in, when it comes to the, the sex education that they're getting, when it comes to the, the things that they're consuming on a daily basis, giving your child a phone at 5, 6, 7, 10, 12, 14 years old is ridiculous. There's no reason you should be giving your child infinite access to literally anything at any given time at the touch of a button the second that they get bored. And so what parents have done is we, we've gotten into a position where parents have become pressing, so gotten gotten used to pressing the easy button saying, oh, okay, nine o'clock, I drop my kid off to school. What happens there? I don't care, but I don't have to deal with my child. Oh, and then after that, we're going to, you know, come home put on Disney channel and let them watch Baymax talk to a trans person about how to use a a pad properly when they're actually speaking to a man. Oh, and then we're going to read a book about the anti-racist baby and abdicate that because it was pushed at the forefront of Barnes and Noble bookshelves in our kids' sections we need to take control back of what we do as parents and that's where this begins it's 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 far it's a little too late for the way that we were brought up our you know maybe our parents didn't exactly have these ideas in mind or didn't understand the venom that came with abdicating your responsibility to corporate entities or corporations or government entities but there's an agenda there's always an agenda and behind every government organization there is corporations that fund them there is corporatism there is contracts that are being sent out to different companies There is politics and everything, everything, all of it. And none of those people in any of those single organizations, maybe the teachers, some teachers, 100% absolutely, have your best, your kid's best interest in mind. Now, some absolutely do not. They're more so interested in pushing their ideology than they are doing what's right for your child. And those are the people taking on those jobs. So we have to take that back. The same way that these Dearborn parents said, We're going to sign a petition. We're going to get them out of office. We're going to take those positions and then start to take responsibility for what our children consume. Because obviously the people that are sitting there right now are not doing it for the best interest of the children. They're doing it for political ideology. They're doing it for clout. They're doing it for money, whatever reasons you want to call it. But it's not in the best interest of our children. Let's read a little bit more about this. It says it creates a right for minor children to procure a sex change via permanent and irreversible sterilization without the consent of the child's parents, without having to tell the parents. At school, the teacher can literally connect them with somebody to go get a sterilization, to go get a literal body part chopped off of them, inverted and inserted inside of their body with how many unbelievable implications in their mental health and physical health for the rest of their lives. Go watch the clips that I did last on the What is a Woman documentary breakdown, and it will be heartbreaking, heartbreaking to see these people dealing with these issues, being pushed this ideology, being told that, oh, just come to our side. It's safe over here. You're a a, a, a protected class now. Nobody can make fun of you. You're trans. It's cool. Look at this flag we got. Look at this hair color that your teacher has. And if you want to get a transition surgery, I have a number right here for you, kid. It's right here. Just just call this number. You don't need to tell your parents. We have proposal three now. You don't need to tell your parents about your, your transition. We don't need to, to have consent for children. They can decide when they consent now. Creates a right for a minor child to procure a sex change via permanent and irreversible sterilization without the knowledge or consent of the child's parents. I would, oh my gosh, if somebody did that to my child and convinced them whatever age, as a child, to go get that done without my consent, I am burning down the institution. Metaphorically, CIA, if you're listening. Um, Now, this also said that it allows school clinics to provide contraceptives to children without the knowledge or consent of their parents, creates new sexuality rights based on reproductive freedom that would alleviate over all other fundamental constitutional rights, prohibits enforcement of criminal statutes against statutory rape and child sexual abuse. What? And other similar statutes. In other words, sex between a 12-year-old and a 45-year-old man will now be protected under this new right so long as the child consents. It literally changes the consent law in Michigan for having sex. So a 7-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old, 15-year-old can now consent to sex with an adult. Because Proposition 3 says that your child, your underdeveloped, dumb child who's not smart enough to make their own decisions when it comes to these things, that is the reason for consent laws. You're literally legalizing pedophilia through Proposition 3. It's disgusting. Rids the state of its current consent laws. It invalidates age consent laws Um, protecting minors. There is no age limitation for the amendment. In addition, numerous other laws regarding bans of state funding of abortion, parental notification, parental consent, informed consent laws, 24-hour waiting periods will all be invalidated. Provides the new right to reproductive freedom to all individuals, including children. The word individual is not defined. All children are individuals. The new right intentionally and by design does not exclude minors. It alleviates any type of sexual activity relating to reproductive freedom to the status of a fundamental constitutional right. This will include transgender rights and many other forms of sexual expression. Minors will be entitled to access puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, gender transition surgeries, and similar medical treatments as they all relate to sterilization and reproductive freedom. It says that it creates a new undefined anti-discrimination protection that requires a government enforcement of those radical new fundamental rights. Abortions may be performed by any healthcare professional. The phrase "healthcare professional" is not defined in the amendment and is not limited to doctors. You literally do not have to have a degree to con- to continue within to do an abortion. So what? Chiropractic offices are now going to be doing abortions. They literally have the term "doctor." You're going to start slinging abortions outside of your chiropractor. I guarantee it, if they can profit from it, a lot of, of, of chiropractors will do that under this new statue. And that's horrifying. Literally, no. And then what? The same thing Planned Parenthood's doing, where they're selling the organs for profit immediately out the back door. As you go watch those videos, those underground, might have been Project Veritas that found the, the woman from Planned Parenthood talking about getting a Lamborghini from all the money that they were making from selling the stem cells, selling the tissues of all of the children that they killed as an abortion. Guarantees the right to reproductive freedom to all prisoners, foster children, and all individuals under the care of the state. Wow. It's so crazy. It's so vague. It's so ridiculous. I want to see if I can find the actual law on it. Let me see if I can find the statute because it's so it's such a minor. The the article that I just read to you is longer than it itself, than the actual referendum or the, the change in the constitution. So let's go ahead and see if we can actually pull up MCL 750, 520 Michigan code of law. And let's pull it up. Here we go. Michigan legislator 750, 520. Oh, that's the specific one. Let's see if we can find the actual the actual full write-up of Proposition 3 Michigan full That's what we're googling And if you didn't know stop using Google start using something called brave browser Brave browser doesn't take any uh, Doesn't take any of your data use brave search. Actually brave browser is nice too, but definitely use brave search instead of Google. So let's see. It says that who are the campaigns, the ballot title, the ballot summary. Okay. Article one of section 28, ripe to reproductive freedom. The ballot measure would add section 28 to article one, Michigan constitution of the Michigan constitution following the underlined text would be added. All right, here it says, and this is it, this is it, this is the whole thing. This is Article 1, Section 28, Right to Reproductive Freedom. One, every individual, every individual has a fundamental right to reproductive freedom, which entails the right to make and effectuate decisions about all matters relating to pregnancy, including but not limited to prenatal care, childbirth, postpartum care, contraception, sterilization, abortion care, miscarriage management, and infertility care. An individual's right to reproductive freedom shall not be denied, burdened, nor infringed upon unless justified by a compelling state interest achieved by the least restrictive means. Notwithstanding the above, the state may regulate the provision of abortion care about after fetal viability, provided that in no circumstance shall the state prohibit an abortion that in the professional judgment of an intending healthcare professional is medically indicated to protect the life or physical or mental health of the pregnant individual or mental health. The state shall not discriminate in the protection or enforcement of the fundamental right. The state shall not penalize, prosecute, or otherwise take adverse action against an individual based on their actual, potential, perceived, or alleged pregnancy outcomes, including but not limited to miscarriage, stillbirth, or abortion, nor shall the state penalize, prosecute, or otherwise take adverse action against someone for aiding or assisting a pregnant individual in exercising the right to reproductive freedom with their voluntary consent. For the purposes of this section— a state interest is compelling only if the limited purpose of protecting the health of the individual seeking care consistent with accepted clinical trials of practice or evidence-based medicine and does not infringe upon what that individual's autonomous decision making, fetal viability, means the point in pregnancy when the professional judgment of the attending healthcare professional and based on the particular facts of the case, there is a significant likelihood of the fetus's sustained survival outside of the uterus without the application of extraordinary medical measures. this section shall be self-executing. Any provision of the section shall be held invalid shall be severable from the remaining portions of the section. Now, this is scary because this is a very high likelihood of passing unless a people go out in droves in Michigan and start lobbying and, and getting around the idea that they should not be allowing this vague. And, and again, I am not for, I, I am not pro-abortion. I am pro-life in that sense. And I don't even like thinking of it that way. I I think that there are certain circumstances, you know, where we wanted to get into very, very small, limited percentage, low likelihood that a very, very small percentage of abortions are being done for the things that I believe that should be protected. It's like 97 or 98% of all abortions are done under the guise of convenience. I made the statistic up, but I'm fairly sure it's like 97% are done and not for any specific health reason at all socioeconomic, it's uh, convenience, it's whatever you want to call it. But the reason that this has, there's $10,600,000 that has been donated to the cause for Proposition 3 and 426000 for those who oppose. And you got to wonder, ACLU of Michigan, American Civil Liberties Union, Planned Parenthood Action Fund, who'd have thought that a company profiting from the fetal tissue and Stem cells of dead babies are the ones that are actually funding to get this passed. Hmm, seems like there's a vested interest there. Planned Parenthood advocates of Michigan. Who'd have thought? And the only ones that are sending money to contribute towards donors to oppose this is KFC, Michigan State Council, Right to Life of Michigan, Michigan Catholic Conference. So there you have it. Get out, vote, vote. Vote Michigan, because this Proposition 3 is the single most radical legislator, the single most vague legislation, the single most radical legislation that has ever been proposed surrounding abortion, surrounding children's rights to get sterilized without parental consent, surrounding a child's right to consent to sex at whatever age that they feel necessary, as long as the child says or was convinced to believe that they should be able to consent. It's crazy. It's horrible. It should not pass. And only because of the climate that's been created around Roe v. Wade is this even a consideration. Because I guarantee you if you go person to person in Michigan, outside the state halls and and actually ask people whether they think that a 12-year-old should be able to consent to have sex with a 45-year-old and that 45-year-old should no longer be prosecuted for doing so, Proposition 3 literally legalizes pedophilia in that way. They are no longer liable as long as they can convince the seven-year-old, eight-year-old, 10-year-old that they want to consent. And that makes me sick to my stomach. Makes me sick to my stomach to hear that that's even a possibility. So get out, vote, do something about it, spread the word. If you're not in Michigan, at least post about it. There's no reason that just because it's not in your state, because this is coming to a state near you if you do not speak up, even if you're not in Michigan speak out about it, because this is the manifestation of radical ideology. That is all this is. So on that note, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. Go to redpillrevolution.co and sign up for the Substack. I'll include all the articles, all the uh, video clips, everything from this week's episode, including the full episode, the full podcast, full YouTube, all of that stuff. And if you would like to donate, I put a lot of time, effort and energy into this. It takes up a significant portion of my life and I have a lot of other things going on. So if you would like to support the show, it would mean the world to me. It helps me keep going. It helps me make the show better. Uh, It helps me know that I am doing something that's impactful. So please, please Consider uh supporting the show, go to givesendgo.com/redpillrevolution, givesendgo.com dot com slash red pill revolution. It's a Christian Christian uh, supporting site that is the different differentiator from all of the liberal ones that shut down the uh freedom rally, the the you know, all all of those normal one. So givesengo.com slash red pill revolution. And you can also become a paid subscriber to the Substack. And if you need life insurance, head over to redpillrevolution.co, click the menu and see if you're in one of the eight or nine states where I can get you some life insurance. All right. That is actually probably the best way that you can support because it, it uh, is directly under my license. It doesn't, not no, no third parties, nothing like that. I would appreciate it so much. And that's all I got. Subscribe, leave a five-star review. I hope you have a wonderful week. And thank you for listening. Welcome to the revolution. Have a good one. <laughs>